0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Catch and shoot three on the way. Yes, sir! Yes. Welcome to the
2: NBA! Brandon Miller. Cross into the area, headed onward. Save Kalina! Hello ball. Takes the roll of Mark Williams. Goes up with the right hand. Bank shot. Good. Got it And a foul. It. It's
3: free. Charlotte
0: who made the
4: play, Young throws for the end zone, touchdown! This is Charlotte Sports Today with your host, Jeff From The 10-yard line, Young on the move, he
1: will throw and catch,
2: did he hang it? yes! It's a touchdown for DJ! I'm so excited to get going, I couldn't even hardly wait. Uh, Bryce Young looked much better in his last couple of outings, certainly in the last uh, fourth quarter of the last game. Grace Grill joining me this morning. It's kind of a special time for Charlotte Sports today. Everybody at the station has been working so hard all year long. We wanted to give people as many days off at the end of the year during this holiday time to kind of recharge their batteries and get going again. And a frequent contributor to all the shows, Grace Grill, from Queen City News and, and Charlotte Sports Live here. Uh, To join us for the next couple of days And I'm excited about that So Grace, thanks for being here Special time, kind of an in-between show I got more information about a special show Coming up tonight, this afternoon Before the North Carolina Bowl game So all kinds of good things going on Thanks for being here
0: Yeah, thanks for having me I'm just so flattered that you wanted to spend Two hours of your day talking to
2: me Hey, look, everybody has been really excited every time you uh, call into the shows or we invite you on as a guest. You deliver. You bring great stuff. We like watching you on the show late at night. And you're a big part of what's going on in the uh, the world of covering sports here in Charlotte. And so we wanted to make sure that you you get some more voice, too. And and this is a good opportunity to do that. So thanks for being here. We really, really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a lot of football to talk about. Carolina Panthers, they've won since the last time I was on the air, so I don't have to wear the turnover chain anymore, which is good. I think it's <laughs> hanging up right behind you right now, so that's good. But I don't have to wear that anymore. And they almost pulled off a come from behind where, in a game that I guess it's fitting for the year, the offense put up 30 points and the defense kind of gave it up for a change.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting one, but it was, it was one of those feelings where, yeah, they, they took the loss, but... There was a different – it felt like Charlotte kind of had a pep in their step because it didn't feel like a loss because we – just because of how the, the quarterback played. Bryce Young was phenomenal, and I think that's really what everybody wanted to see. So it didn't – yeah, it was a loss, and that, that stinks. But there was a there was a, there was a difference in the way they lost
2: this time. You know, I went back over the game uh, yesterday to just kind of refresh myself because it had been a couple of days. And the other thing that, that surprised, I guess, surprised this point in time – Receivers not named Adam Thielen showed up in that game. Everybody from DJ Chark to Tommy Tremble had a nice play. Uh, Jonathan Mingo was looking much better. Balls that they have been dropping and catches they have not been quite making. Not only did they make, but DJ Chark the last couple of games has made some really impressive catches, Grace.
0: Yeah, they definitely shared the ball, which is which is good to see. We actually have a joke in the, in the Charlotte Sports Live studios because I'm a big Notre Dame football fan. So anytime there's a Tommy Tremble sighting, everybody looks at me and goes, Grace, where do you go to school? And I'm like, uh, Notre. Dame because I'm just I'm like why isn't he more involved he's a big target and I, I really did think that the tight ends would be more involved uh this season with this offense but it was good to see everybody everybody involved and yeah DJ Chark's been phenomenal and um some of the catches he's made the past couple of weeks and and some of the I mean Adam Thielen showed up all season but that one-hander that he had on Sunday that got everybody going I was pumped after that one
2: so this was a lot of fun, and obviously the clock just struck midnight right before they could down the ball and try to, to get yeah. uh, some redemption for Eddie Panera, who kind of, along with the defense, was part of the problem this past Sunday, too.
0: Yeah, that was, a, that was tough, just, to, just because the offense did play so well. But I don't think you can—like, it's hard to put that on Eddie and the defense— of course, everybody's going to pile on them because it's like, are you kidding me? Our offense finally did something. I'm
2: I'm putting them on both of them because... Well, yeah, but it's like the the defense is allowed,
0: like, not that they're allowed, but they're, you know, due to have a rough game, and it just so happened to be the one that the offense figured it out.
2: It would be nice if this team could put together all three phases in one single contest. Complimentary football? What? Yes, that would be good. (laughs) That would be good. So that would be my my, uh, big takeaway. The offense showed signs of life. Bryce... We just gotta, you know. I I wonder. We've got two games left. Can he continue to demonstrate that he has been the right choice? I know a lot of people are really backing him right now, as they should, because he played pretty well. Now let's see if he can put together two, three games like that.
0: Yeah, I would. I I think he needs to uh, to finish out this season strong. I mean, I think going into this game, everybody was saying. I don't think a lot of people expected them to win. I think I think with the way the Packers had been playing the past, the especially the week prior, um, and with their run defense and the way that the Panthers ran last week, uh, the previous week against the Falcons, I thought they were like, oh, okay, well maybe they could, maybe they could do something here this week where you're, you're not going to count them out because you just always want to believe. But I don't think anybody really thought that they were going to beat the Packers. So for them to show up the way that they did and to do it in the pass game, that was that was huge, but um, I think he really does need to finish strong. And we were all talking just coming into this game, like, you know, if Bryce could just, like, what's a positive against the Packers? Like, if Bryce could just, can we get him to, like, 250? If he could just throw for 250 and then he goes out there and what, what was it, 312? 312 or something like that. Like, that was awesome. And it was great to see. And I think Chris Tabor's comments after the game were were perfect. He said he was in complete control. And that was a that was a sentiment shared by everybody from his his players from her from his teammates from his coaches and then from us in the media like it did he looked in complete control which i don't think we've fully seen from him yet this season
2: well it's going to be fun to watch them play over the next couple of games because this is you know players have always told me for for decades and they say it out loud too you're always playing for your next job. And these next two games, you've got a lot of guys that are going to be playing to stick around here in Carolina that might be playing to, to catch on with another team. And you've got a lot of coaches that are trying to demonstrate that they can keep teams together. You and I had a really interesting conversation briefly about uh, Evero the other day. And, and my point, and I was not trying to be harsh on him, Grace, when I said... The performance this past Sunday may have cost him a chance at being the head coach because we know David Tepper leaning offensive anyway. It feels like a defensive coordinator is going to have to go above and beyond, and I don't know that he could have afforded to, to have his defense have that kind of performance when he probably needs perfection down the stretch to really get serious consideration from a guy like David Tepper. That's really what I was talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely understand your point, and that's to me, that's such a crazy concept with I know that's how the NFL worked, but it's it's and I know that's the nature of the league. But when you chase perfection like that, I don't I just don't think that truly exists. Where I think people who are in a position of hiring, like you just need good people in there that when things how how who are they? Brock Purdy had a really good comment after um his his bad game the other night against the Ravens and he said Who am I his self evaluation was who am I when things aren't going my way like am I am I the same person and I think that's something you need to consider at all times but especially when you hire somebody because nobody is going to be perfect all the time and yeah I I just don't think the Panthers and and David Tepper wants to go the defensive route I think they want to get somebody in there in that head coach um, spot to to help um, to help Bryce and clearly this and figure out this offense with him running it Um, so I, I don't know that 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 the defense performance on Sunday would play a a huge role, because it's like, so you're telling me one game is the the end all be all of the season that he's put together with this defense that has gone through injuries and that has had to overcome the the mental game of, hey, we're we're getting stops and we're playing grade D and then the offense can't do anything like that's hard for a defense to perform week in and week out when they know they're probably not going to get the backup from the, from the offense. So I just think that's a hard, that's a hard um, hit when talking about somebody not getting an opportunity from one game, rather than looking at the entire season of what he's been able to do.
2: And I would point back to last season, what more could a coach have done at the end of the season last year when he was the interim head coach, where he brought a team back to within one game of making the playoffs like what, what what more could that guy have done and he apparently didn't even get a second thought.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. I, I really at that point you're referencing Steve Wilkes Steve but Wilkes, I just yeah. um, I I just don't think they wanted a defensive coach. I think they just wanted somebody in there offensively minded like I don't think that had anything to do with with uh, his season. I think if they would have made the playoff, I think that would have forced the hand a little bit just from public perception. But I think that that was made up earlier.
2: Yeah, probably. And and you just get the sense that he wants to take a swing at a big name or a big offensive up-and-comer like Ben Johnson. Everybody keeps talking about that. And the reason, you know, at at a certain point, they all feel like reports. But also, there are some pretty plugged-in people. And it feels like folks from somewhere in the front office have been talking to, I like Diana Rossini, she always has some really interesting, very detailed reports week to week on the <laughs> Panthers and and their situation. Like that's not the kind of stuff you just sit at a typewriter and make up, Grace.
0: No, and I think I actually said this um with Mac and Bone the other week that the interesting thing about that that bombshell report that came out, like anytime you you read something, especially the way media is today, where it feels like everybody's a journalist and there's 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 a fine there's a fine line that somebody can go on Twitter and say something and it's taken as the Bible, right? And it's like, well, who are their sources? Where are they? Where are they coming from? What's their connection? What's their? Do they have a vendetta against the team? Like anybody can say anything in today's world, and I think that's a very dangerous space to be. Obviously, Diana Rossini has a reputation and and is backed with um with clear sources. But the thing that struck me about that report is I was reading some of it, and while a lot of it didn't shock me, uh, culture-wise. I was I I was interested to hear about um, just how crazy things were internally, and then I was just like, man, that's that's really bad, right? Especially for a first-year head coach and his staff and everything. And I was just like, well, it, I'm I'm not shocked. It's not that I don't believe it, but let's see, you know, if somebody refutes it, and and nothing came out about it. Like it was, everyone was just like, yep. That's what went on and I was just like, Well, okay, no one's no one's saying that this isn't true or or that was made up or that's not exactly the the whole the whole deal. So I was just like, Man, that's that's not a it's not a great look.
2: Well it was really difficult because here you have a guy like Frank Reich who is supposed to be an offensive mind and he comes in and he's supposed to be able to be a quarterback whisperer. He's gotten some great seasons out of guys that haven't had great seasons since and he worked with somebody like Andrew Luck and all those kinds of things and he comes in and they put together that all star coaching staff And that offense, at best, was just stuck in neutral, never going anywhere. And I think after six, eight weeks of that and never seeing any kind of improvement on the field, probably guys in the locker room were like, "Okay, I guess we're doing the same thing again this week and we're going to do the same thing again this week. That's when you start to lose a locker room when no matter what you try, nothing works and people lose confidence in you. And I think that's clearly what we saw.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's hard for a first-year head coach to work through as well. I, I think I think there's a lot of things that factor into why it was so dysfunctional and why things fell apart. Um, I, I mean, and again, everything is just off pure speculation. But it's whether you believe I think with Frank Reich, I don't believe that he was the whole problem. Now, I definitely I've had um, multiple conversations, you know, off the record with with other media members where, it, you know, some are in the camp of no, this was totally all on Frank Reich. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't believe that whole thing. I just think things spiraled really fast. And whether you're in the camp of, I mean, I know this is a big topic in in the media of, um, especially when Bryce wasn't playing well in the middle of the season of, you know, was he the quarterback that Frank wanted? You know, obviously we have the, the video of, um, Josh McCown, you know, at his at CJ Stroud's pro day telling him, oh, when you get to Charlotte, we're going to play basketball. Everybody's seen that clip by now. (laughs) But but think about this. Like if you if you are Frank Reich and you're you're coming in and, you know, they they were the most obviously the most impressed with him. And they liked I think the quote uh, in the hiring process was he came in with the clearest plan of what he wanted to do. He had a list of people that he wanted to bring in and, you know, this all star coaching staff. But I think um If you are in the camp of believing that, you know, Bryce wasn't Frank's first pick, well, put yourself in Frank Reich's position. It's like, okay, I come in, I'm getting another shot at the NFL. Great. I'm going to a team. We're going to get a number one pick. I'm going to get the quarterback that I want. And then they don't take your quarterback. What does that tell you from as a as a head coach? If you're if you're Frank Reich you they just hired you what are you thinking if you're frank reich at that point now i'm not saying that is the narrative but let's just play let's just play into the hypothetical of he wanted cj stroud already off the bat if that is the true scenario of how things played out right out of the gate you have an owner that or a front staff that does not want to give you what you want and that fits into your game plan so then it's like well what the heck right so then there's already that 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 distrust there now, if that wasn't the case, and there was like I mean, they told everybody there was a consensus on bryce young, but i I'm not in that camp of of buying that. but no matter what, hey, this is what we're this is what we're rolling with, and you got to figure it out with with the personnel that you that you have out there.
2: Greg Squirle, Jeff Rickard, uh, hanging out uh, with the boys today. Kind of a special edition of Charlotte Sports today. Boys will be back next week. They are on a much-deserved break. Everybody, here's the thing, Grace. You know how this works in sports. We are we we all work at uh, in sports six seven days a week, and it's great because we love our jobs and nobody's complaining about it. But at some point in time, it gets to be like the middle of December, and everybody looks around. They go, "Man, I've got all my vacation days left. What are we going to do?" <laughs> so we're trying to work around that. We've had so much going on, and and. Uh, uh, the guys deserve a little time off as well. And it sounds like Mabel is back to f- getting back to full health for Travis, which we're all very invested in as
0: well. Oh, that's great news. I haven't talked to him.
2: And uh, it's um, it's amazing week. she's lived as long as she's lived, given what he feeds her every day. I mean, apparently she lives on Bojangles. But Flounder, what does she live on? Bojangles, and what else does she get most of the
1: time? Ch- uh, Chick-fil-A. Is Chick-fil-A is a is common good. one. Uh... McDonald's fries possibly. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fast food.
0: Wait, you just so I just think it's hilarious. You know, ever obviously I know your your studio name will call it Flounder, but I think I might okay. be the only one in Charlotte that calls you Anthony.
2: Actually, <laughs> most of the time off there I call him Anthony. Oh,
1: do you? Okay. Yeah, so so
2: yeah, the two people
1: that call me Anthony are in the same room today,
2: hosting a show. That's great. There we go. Well, we're gonna call on Anthony Pagnata coming up in a moment because he and Josh Marlowe, Fitty, uh, every week to the uh, Tar Hill blog uh and we're looking forward to a game tonight down the street and uh you're going to tell us a little bit more about that that football game and and you guys might be suiting up as receivers in this one correct
1: uh yeah the rumor is true now i i I gotta tell you i didn't really learn the route tree this weekend i was a little too busy so this could be rough but uh i mean connor harrell just throw one my way and let's see what happens
2: all right, Heel Tough blog uh, info coming your way next year on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Jeff Rickard, Grace Grill, and a special Charlotte Sports today in for the vacationing Mac, Bone, and Mabel. More in a moment.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if
4: Kaskali is right for you.
2: Wednesday morning. Hope you're having a terrific holiday week. We are smack dab in the middle between uh, the Christmas holiday and New Year's Eve and New Year's, which is coming up, and a chance for Mac and Bone to kind of catch their breath and get some sleep, although they probably both wake up at 6, 630. I know I, I was off uh, for the last 10 days or so. And I kept waking up at 5.30 every morning, and I don't know, I, take the dog for a walk, something like that. Grace Grill joining me this morning. We'll be here until uh, 10 o'clock. We'll do that for the rest of the week as we get you uh, a little bit of a morning show locally here, and we'll talk about uh, probably tomorrow morning, tonight's North Carolina-West Virginia Bowl game of the Dukes-Mayo Classic down at Bank of America. We'll do that in a minute, but Grace, I've got to find out, how was your Christmas? I know you stuck around the Charlotte area. I've been visiting family out and about, and I've had a terrific holiday, and I'm ready to... To get uh, going again and, and uh, start up at WFNZ for the whole new year, but h- how about you? Did you get a chance to reflect and, and rejuvenate, or did you just work straight through the whole thing?
0: I did work. I can actually. I can also say that I do not have that same problem of of naturally waking up at five thirty. I can. No, well, uh, yeah. you don't
2: even get home till probably after midnight every day. do you? Oh
0: yeah, it's a it's a it's a brutal schedule. But no, I did. I had a nice Christmas. I was down here. Um, I worked. I worked Christmas. We we didn't have a Christmas Eve show, which was nice. So I got to go to mass and um, okay. yeah, we we had an early pregame show for the Panthers. We had black and blue kickoff live. So usually I go, I'm a midnight masser. I just think that's just a beautiful <laughs> mass. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to make it this year. So I, I hit the seven o'clock and we were good. And then uh, a friend of mine's mom lives down here and she was kind enough to invite me over for dinner. So I hung out with her and it was, it was nice. And then Very FaceTimed cool. the family in the morning. It was good.
2: Yeah, I've been getting up so early for so long. I, I, the midnight mass is not in my in my <laughs> repertoire anymore because I just, I don't stay up unless I'm watching a game or I'm working. I fall asleep by eleven every night, and I'm up by five five thirty. It's just kind of how it ro- rolls. I try to when I get home at the end of the day, I'll take like a fifteen or twenty minute nap, and that that helps me out. But I'm I, I can't. The last two midnight masses I attempted to go with my family to probably eight ten years ago. I didn't make it through either one. Yeah, well, and we Isn't go on sad? the air.
0: So so you're telling me you DVR Charlotte Sports Live every night is what you're saying. Uh,
2: I will watch it if I'm awake. Um, I don't. I have so many things backed up on my DVR, I can't get to everything all the time. This is how that works. But when I'm awake, that is definitely go-to destination television.
0: Oh, we had Kyle Bailey on with me last night. That was fun. Yeah,
2: I was going to ask you about that. I was going to maybe call Kyle up in the second hour and like grill him, no pun intended. How did it go? How did he do?
0: He's great. I love working yeah. with Kyle. He's a, he's a good time, and he's he's fun. Well,
2: people like
0: hearing on. that man's opinion, so we were happy to have him on.
2: No, he does a great job, we and we're fortunate enough to have him. Uh, here's the one Christmas story that I will share. Uh, we all know what it's like to be a sports fan of, of a team for your entire life. Now, uh, because I have moved around a little bit because of my job, I have adopted teams over the year that I didn't necessarily like growing up sure. or pay attention to. I've become a huge fan of the Charlotte teams because I generally, you get to know the people behind the scenes that that maybe aren't making all the plays and you start to root for them and the, their organization. And I've fallen in love with how passionate the fans are in Charlotte for their team, and that's a lot of fun. But having said that, I spent the first you know 25 or the first 30 years of my life growing up in the Denver metro area in Denver, Colorado, and my dad and I and my brother would go to Broncos and Nuggets games ever since I can even remember. My dad would take us when we were just toddlers, and so I grew up in those places, and those are still still things that I watch, so imagine my surprise, my sister-in-law, who's a wonderful woman, who's who's uh, just terrific, is great with my kids, and does great things for them, and helps us out all the time, she's great. She was going to give me a nice sports gift. They are from Kansas originally. Okay. I I joke with people. That's where all Filipino Americans are from, right? Kansas, rural (laughs) Kansas. Kansas. Um, So uh, she and her fiance, very kind people, they bought me a gift. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I open up the gift. It's in one of those little garment boxes. So it's either like a sweater or a shirt or something like that. And I open it up and it's a Kansas City Chiefs jacket. Oh, that's, and and I but, and and in, immediately the other members of my family, my boys and my wife, they they're like they get this look on their face like, uh oh, and I just looked at my sister with the most exaggerated, shocking look that I could find. And I said, really, Jen? And she was crestfallen. She didn't quite understand that that would be. She goes, "Well, I know you like sports, and 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 I know that <laughs> that you let us watch all the Kansas City games when we're in here." And I'm like, "Yeah, and, and and I hope that they lose every time. I watch them too."
0: Oh my gosh! It was just so, she. So it was just the sentiment of just it was sports yeah, related. Was,
2: I felt bad that that I was disappointed in her gift, but what else could I be?
0: Oh my gosh, that is so funny!
2: Like like. Flounder, what, what would you feel like if someone gave you a Dallas Cowboys jacket for Christmas? Mm. Would that be rough for you? That'd be pretty rough. I, I would
1: probably, I got to be honest, I think you might be kind of a horrible person. It's a war crime.
2: Uh, I, will, like, I, I, would, <laughs> I, I will tell you this.
1: I would accept the gift yeah. and then trade it in.
2: That's what, that that's what we've decided to do. That is the appropriate, to go. do. Yes, and, and uh, so that was good. My late father, there was a flickering of the lights in the house the second I opened that. My late father, I'm sure, was in the, in the room <laughs> with us. Um, but here's the thing. Can you imagine? You want to talk about a fist fight. Can you imagine if one of us had given Colin Hoggard like an Atlanta Falcons jacket? How would that have gone down?
1: I think if you give him an SEC jacket, he may fight you
3: at this point. Very
2: possible. <laughs> well, maybe – I, I Jeff,
0: you don't have daughters, right? You just have your boys.
2: No, two boys, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, well, maybe they were thinking the Taylor Swift route. I mean, talk about the impact of Taylor Swift. That she felt the need to get you a can that's what she maybe. identified sports with. I don't know huh. if she's a
2: big Swifty, but I think she was try, genuinely trying to be really thoughtful and nice. It's the thought that counts. Yay sports as
1: they say. Maybe she thought you were a
2: big Taylor Swift fan, Jeff? Is this uh, possible? I see that. Uh, I'm not I'm not and here's the thing though. I'm not anti Taylor Swift. I feel like some people feel like they have to take sides, whether you are or aren't these days. And like look if those two are happy and they do their thing, I, I don't care. And I don't think the most ridiculous thing I ever hear, Grace, is when people say that she's a distraction to him and she's the reason that the that the Chiefs are are just nine and five this year. No, it could be the fact that other than Travis Kelsey, they don't the opposing teams don't have to worry about anybody else. That might be a bigger problem, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I thought I I hated that whole narrative of why. I mean, I got it like of why people got annoyed because even for me, I was just like, okay, this is this is getting ridiculous. But how do you not love the the story. You have to be like the meanest person ever to not love. I, I We were talking in our studio uh, at Charlotte Sports Live about it, and I was just like, I just love love, right? Like, can we just all be happy? <laughs> just love love.
2: <laughs> there you go. Good, we're going to, you know what, Flounder? I would like that quotation with a picture of Grace posted on our walls within in the little wall of fame over there with all the other quotations.
1: Okay, I will work on that. I will get uh, the picture that Grace wants up there as oh, well. Oh, gosh. So there yes. we go.
2: Because I don't know if you noticed the uh, the thoughtful Willie P. Model <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading the wall there. now.
0: Every season is a journey.
2: <laughs> it's all good. You've made the wall already. So oh gosh. Hey, uh, we do have college football in Charlotte tonight. The Duke yeah. Mayo Classic and uh, the Duke Mayo Bowl. There's a difference between the classic and the bowl. We've yes. Got the bowl tonight. West Virginia. Talk about two teams coming at this from very different directions. West Virginia was picked last. They were picked to finish last in the preseason poll uh, of the uh, of the Big 12. They end up going 8-4, and four, finishing fourth in their conference. And now you have a North Carolina team that at one point was ranked as high as number 10 with a perhaps number one overall pick at quarterback that lost four of their last six. Most of their skill position players are not playing in this game. The quarterback is not playing in this game. It's F- flounder. You cover the heels all the time. This is a really weird spot for this team, isn't it? They're underdogs. Yes, they should be. Well, they, there's nobody playing. Are they originally? I didn't. I saw last night.
0: Last night they were the the sports book I saw, which I think was DraftKings. Was it was they were six and a half oh.
1: underdogs. Oh, thank God. Oh. Now,
2: now Grace is speaking my love Oh, this She's this team this team cannot <laughs> be favored in another game.
1: I mean, they've been favored in like every game down the stretch, outside of Clemson, and I, I mean. It's going to be real interesting because I think you've got so many guys that are out. There's no doubt. I think I just counted it earlier because I'm, I've I've have the preview that's uh, going to be going up on the Heel Tough blog website. It's like 31 guys that are not playing. So, I mean, some of them, there are a couple that are walk-ons, but the majority of those guys are scholarship players. There's major contributors. Mac Brown said it yesterday. 12 starters from the opener against South Carolina not playing in this game. So, Here's- like... Yeah. Completely different team. I think motivation-wise, you would think if it was the same crew, what's the motivation for guys? I think you might see a pretty motivated group because it's going to be a lot of guys that haven't played before that are getting an opportunity.
2: But they're going to be playing against guys that are also Division One scholarship athletes that are starters and have played all year long for a West Virginia team flounder that averaged 235 yards a game on the ground. Yeah. This, I, look. This, th- by the way, they're six and a half point underdogs on the DraftKings Thank God. right now, I, or not DraftKings, the uh, FanDuel. Thank God they need to be underdogs. I, I
1: just, to me, like I, look, I, I did not pick the Car- Carolina um, in our podcast edition last night. I'm not going to change it now. I don't think they win this game because I think West Virginia. There's so much on the line for West Virginia. If they could finish with nine wins, you go from as you said preseason pick to finish last in the conference. Um, and, I mean, Neil Brown was a guy that was basically a dead man walking. People did we not understand option, yeah. why he was there. Uh, and now he's going to turn it around and win nine games. That'd be huge. Now, they they have some absences, too. Um, one of their best defensive linemen, uh, Mike Lockhart, Transfer Portal. Uh, they do have uh, their starting center, Zach Frazier, who's an All-American That's uh, that's hurt. He got severely injured in their final game of the regular season. So they'll have some guys that are out, uh, but this is definitely, I mean, this is a tough task for Carolina. My thing is, from my perspective, if you're a Tar Heel fan, you, what you should be looking for is the effort of this team. Does this look like a team that has a pulse? Because the regular season finale against NC State, they did not. So,
2: Grace, have you had a chance uh, at Queen City News, have you guys had a chance to, to hear from or talk to any of the North Carolina players this week?
0: Yeah, we went to. Um, I, I didn't go out there in person yesterday because I, I anchored the late show. But um, we we ran some Mac Brown sound. We talked about it with Kyle last night on the show as well, and then we heard from uh, Connor Harrell. Right, Connor Harrell. Is that the right name? I mm-hmm. it, right? Connor yeah, you Harrell. It, you and he he just spoke about the the opportunity at hand. And you know what I loved about this is because I just I I'll put this out there. I hate where the state of college athletics is right now, because it's just, it's such a nightmare and it's kind of taken away everything that I love about college sports. But to see Connor Harrell talk in the way he did, like he's not talking about his his personal stock and his NIL deals. He was literally just a kid that was like, I am getting a shot to play football and I'm gonna make the most of this opportunity. And I was like, yeah, you know what kid, I'm rooting for you. Because I want to see you go out there and and ball out. And is um who's our running Amari Amari on Hampton? Is he, yes. pl- is he playing?
1: He is. He's yes. playing.
0: So like he and he's one. He's
1: he's terrific. He's
0: terrific. Yeah. And so he could go out there and have a have a big game. And uh, yeah, I'm just you you want to cheer for those kids. You get a uh, brother, shot. Go make the most out of it.
2: Yes, you do. Yes. You do. While you're talking about Hampton, what, do you know what the status of all their players along the offensive line is going to be for this game?
0: Mm you uh, know they're missing their starting center.
2: Yeah,
1: Corey Gaynor is out uh, going to the NFL draft. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's that's the only one they'll be missing. So what's going to happen is, is they're going to kick right guard Willie Lampkin into center. Uh, Willie started there uh, last year at Coastal Carolina, started every game there, was pretty good. Uh, and then they're going to move William Barnes back into the starting lineup. Uh, he's been there quite often, so he'll be all right
2: while we're airing some grievances grace on college football in the state of of everything and here you, you we mentioned go. that you're a notre dame fan quit taking our quarterbacks from this state would oh. you just stop uh uh-uh. yeah did you just not recruit quarterbacks at notre dame now you just wait and see who has a modicum of success in the state of north carolina and go get that guy every year
0: well we gave north carolina one do you not remember jimmy clausen or do we not talk about that gee
2: we, minute, are we going back
1: two decades <laughs> now or what yeah really really like that trade-off how, how many coaches ago was that yeah gosh, oh, I oh jeez i can't even count
2: <laughs> oh my god. he was
0: charlie weiss wasn't he that was uh, uh yes yeah, i believe that he was still
2: under
1: charlie weiss
2: yes charlie weiss now doing morning radio for nfl network these days not a bad deal boy uh So, yeah, we've got the football game going over over at Duke's uh, Mayo. You and Josh will be broadcasting uh, for Kyle this afternoon live from the doghouse, correct?
1: How about that, Grace?
2: You're in... For that show, too? Oh, no, you're talking about me. Uh,
1: I was going to (laughs) say, that's news to me. Oh, okay. Well, no, yeah, we'll be down there three to six. Uh, It'll be me and Fitty. Uh, We'll be doing the clubhouse. We'll still be talking plenty of Panthers. Um, We'll have the phone lines open so you guys can call in. Uh, But, yeah, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, We've got a few segments in there. We'll be talking about the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl and, of course, uh, we'll keep you up to date. Once the game starts, game starts at 5.30. We'll be on the air until 6. So we'll do, We'll give you a couple of early updates as the game starts as well. So, yeah, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a ton of fun down there at the uh, WFNZ Doghouse powered by Jack Daniels.
2: So I'm also going to try and get a hold of Kyle Bailey in the second hour and see if we can just kind of call him, surprise him a little bit, and give him a little bit of grief because he is taking his vacation time. It's his last day. He's been off for the last several days. And uh, you guys are going to – I thought it would be a perfect opportunity for the Hill tu- or the uh, the uh, Hilltuff blog guys to get down there and broadcast it since you guys cover and follow North Carolina all the time and the doghouse is going to be open. It made a lot of sense to me. But how is it, Grace, that you could talk Kyle into coming in to do your show on his vacation?
0: So I don't, I don't know that I can take credit for the conversations that that had go, gone on to get him on the show. All I was told was, "Hey, you're the only one working," and we brought in Kyle Bailey, and I was ecstatic because <laughs> he's, uh, I think he's phenomenal, and he's a good guy. He's he's uh, the our kind of guys, as uh, as the saying goes. So. We enjoyed having him on the show.
2: All right, uh, coming up in a minute, uh, Jim Zocchi is going to pop in real quick. We'll pick his brain on the Carolina Panthers and what's at stake in the next couple of games for look their quarterback, coaching staff, all those kinds of things. We'll get back to college football a little bit at the top of the hour. I want to talk about bowl games in general. In the meantime, Flounder, is there anything you need to tell us about stuff that's going on in the world of sports? We just need to go to break right now.
1: Uh, I think we got to go to break. We're uh, right.
2: running a little late here. We'll do that a little bit later on. Nothing breaking this morning that I can see as, uh, as we speak right now. So we'll continue on this kind of hybrid edition of Charlotte Sports Today will be on until 10 o'clock this morning. Grace Grill from Queen City News uh, dropping in today to join us. Flounder getting ready for North Carolina to play West Virginia tonight. It's all straight ahead on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: Morning, Charlotte. Welcome into a special edition of Charlotte Sports Today. Grace Grill in today, Jeff Rickard, and instead of having us from 10 to noon... We're kind of doing the last two hours of Mac and Bone as they enjoy some much-needed time off and try to at least get a little bit of sleep for the year. Another guy who's up every morning before the crack of dawn and over on WBT, our sports director there and here at WFNZ, Jim Zoki, pops in the booth to join Grace and I. Jim, how are you doing today? Did you have a good Christmas? I did have a great Christmas. Uh, Grace and I were just uh,
3: sharing our Christmas stories with each other during the commercial break. We actually moved at our house uh, Christmas to Christmas Eve for the first time because the kids, okay. you know, as the kids get older, as you say, other things to do. Your kids aren't that old, but um, so after the game on um, whatever day Christmas Eve was, Sunday. Uh, it was now, Christmas what? was at our house. So that was Christmas Day was, was Christmas Eve. But then we didn't know what to do on Christmas Day. It was like the Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so at about noon, they came back and ate the rest of the food. So that was, traditions that was are
2: great. Uh, the great tradition that we have in our house is the Christmas tree and the Santa Clauses that decorate the house. They'll, they'll probably be up until Valentine's Day. That's just kind of how it works. Yeah,
3: I don't like that. We do, uh, I, like like a, New Year's Day is usually spent taking the the stuff down.
2: Do you remember having two kids in high school with two career-minded people? Yeah, yeah, you're a little busy. <laughs> the tree just doesn't And then throw your the tree priority. out in the front yard like in March, see if they'll pick it up. <laughs> well, it's not a, it's not going to disintegrate, so it'll be the same. Oh, you season. got the anyway. permanent tree, got you. Uh, we're in a little bit better mood. I know there was a loss this past Sunday, but there are certainly signs of progress from the offense and certainly from Bryce Young. What was the talk after the game amongst players, coach, and staff on on Bryce and what was accomplished, not just in this past game, but even in in the win uh, two weeks ago, week and a half ago. Yeah,
3: I I think mostly they were disappointed about the loss. So that was kind of the overarching thing is like nobody was like moral victoring it. Um, But, yeah, obviously for Bryce, and and he was the same, you know, he's always so, you know, humble is, is that, you know, he didn't want to really talk about him. He said the offense completely together played their best game, not just him. And he was right. I mean, the DJ Chark looks like a different player. Uh, this was uh, another day where Adam Thielen stepped up big. I think Tommy Tremble is emerging as a bigger weapon in this offense, too. And I think even having, like, just the guard position solidified, they started with Nate Jensen and then brought in uh, Gabe Jackson in there. I thought having just a little bit more time in the pocket to throw. So I think from that standpoint, it all kind of worked together. But, yeah, the big picture is, you know, we're all evaluating what's what's Bryce, what's his, what's his ceiling. So I thought that was a great day to get – it wasn't. It was a slow first quarter, but I thought for the last three quarters, I, I thought he looked really as good as he's looked all, all season long.
2: The other thing, Jim, is you know I was a little disappointed, obviously, with the defense. It figures this is the kind of year where if the offense is going to put up thirty points, the defense would surrender thirty-three, and Eddie Pinero so dependable would go bad. And on a on a week where you got the offense in gear, the other two phases of the game just didn't come through. How do they try to clean all that up? And Can this team put together a a complete game in all three phases at any time this year?
3: They have two more chances, Jeff, and we'll see. Uh, You're right, though. That was disappointing. I mean, Eddie was literally the the conference special teams player of the week after uh, scoring all the points against Atlanta in the win. And like you said, the defense has been so good uh, all year long, and it was just like big chunk plays, like in the run game especially. That was shocking. Uh, You know, they're averaging almost five yards a game, and – uh, in the game, I should say. And then Aaron Jones himself was like six yards a carry, 127 yards. And that, you know, they weren't getting gashed like that really all year in the run game like that. Uh, maybe the first game against Atlanta because they're such good backs. Uh, but they did such a great job the second time with Atlanta, obviously, in the woods. So I was surprised about that. Uh, that they were just giving up big plays in the run game. So, yeah, I think they'll clean that up. I mean, that's that's usually just run fit and just one guy missing an assignment, those kind of things. So a lot of that was like counter stuff. So I think they'll work on that this week and, and get ready for Jacksonville. And, you know, Jacksonville's uh, obviously very talented, um, and ETN's a great back, but uh, they're not, I don't think they're as prolific. Um, but when uh, Green Bay's got both their backs healthy, they're, they're really good. So I, I, you know, I think a chance in Jacksonville to maybe clean that up.
0: Did you get the sense that this could be something? I mean, we've talked after every the moral victories after every game of, oh, it's something they can build off of. Oh, it's something they can build off of. Did you kind of get the sense that like, hey, we're going to finish this season where we're we're not just building, but we are we do believe that we can win?
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think, you know, because, you know, as you just mentioned Jeff too was like, you know, usually defense and special teams are good, so if the offense could play even near that uh, in addition to what the defense and special teams are doing, that Jacksonville's good but they're they've lost what four in a row now so they, they they're eight and seven with we're eight and three uh they've got a lot to play for obviously tampa bay probably coming in here fighting for the uh, chance to close out the division at the end so i think those are winnable games for the panthers grace and i think um for the panthers i think they definitely have that mindset that they they're not folding you know obviously it's, it's good to see them fighting as hard as they are because you could see a lot of guys kind of do their own thing and just Ride it out. Um, you know, I think certainly 2001 was like that when they went one and fifteen. You felt the team kind of like let's just get it over with. I think this team is is sticking together and they and they're playing hard, trying to win. So I think they could get out of here with another win or two.
0: I just like the fact that they were ticked off after the game. Like I don't think yeah. we've seen that fire. Like because it's it's been so depleting after these losses and like especially from Bryce, where yes he's taken a lot of the blame, and but it's the same thing over and over. And he 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 can sometimes come off in the post game pressers as defeated right and you didn't see that from him after this game you saw irritation in Mm. we should have could have won that game and it was really great to see because it's like yeah you should have that fire because that gets me excited going to the next game like go out there and and make something happen
3: yeah no definitely that's the goal is to win i mean stats are nice and offensive improvement are nice but if you don't win and I know you guys have already talked about it this week, but I thought there were some really bad calls. I mean, that pass catch where not only do they call it a catch where it wasn't a catch, but they had to burn a timeout to challenge it. It If we had that, even that timeout at the end of the game would have had time to throw that ball down the middle of the field and and, and clock it with a timeout uh, and maybe get a field goal off, I'm sure they would have. So it's just disappointing in a lot of ways that – Amir Smith-Marset clearly was hit late out of bounds. I mean, just stuff that was just let go. And I'm not a big whine about the referees guy, but there were some egregious misses in that game, I thought.
0: He's been great, right? Amir Smith-Marset?
3: He's been a, a revelation. He's one of those guys
0: where it's like, where have you been?
3: I know. And they figured out to use him. You know, what's interesting about him, a lot of people don't know, because I'm sure you've talked to him too, is like he was not a punt returner before. He learned it here. And so for him to come in, uh, and, you know, there's a couple plays, like I've seen, like they had won this past week where he'll let a punt bounce and then it rolls 10 yards so you can see he's not completely confident in all all the catches out there um where you'd like to see him come up at least fair catch it not let it roll after that is like he really is an electric player and he's got supreme confidence so the fact they're using him like they are and he's different than lavisca because lavisca is such a kind of more physical back as as fast as he is Amir is just like you know just when he gets the ball in those jet sweeps he's gone i mean he's, he's just gone and that It's one of those things that we kind of talked about earlier. It's like you can only scheme in game planning. We talk about Frank Reich. We talk about Thomas Brown and the game planning, who's really calling the plays, who's better at it. And, you know, Thomas Brown getting a little bit more in his groove doing some different things now as the play caller out there. Sometimes you just need a guy to be fast and make a play. (laughs) I mean, sometimes football is can you win your one-on-one open field matchup and make the guy miss and not go down to first contact and turn a two-yard gain into a 20-yard gain? I think
2: that's what Amir has that capability of doing. Jim, always good to have you in. One more quick question before I kick you back over to WBT. Are coaches coaching for their jobs here next year, or is David Tepper inclined this time to whoever he hires to let that guy come in and just build his own staff from his own preferences?
3: I would think that would be the precedent, that you would let the the head coach have uh, autonomy. I guess you could. Uh, you know, mandate. We want to keep this person or that person. Certainly, Chris Tabor is well respected and a holdover from a previous coaching staff here, as is James Campen on the offensive line. So uh, sometimes you do see that, and I guess you could mandate that. I would prefer a head coach to get to have their own opportunity to make their staff because they they may have their own idea of who that coach at every position should be and someone they want to bring that fits what they're doing as we've seen this year even the way they're blocking is different even though it's the same offensive line coach it was a different offense with a different more of a zone blocking look this year so to me i would let the head coach have that opportunity first but um we'll see we'll see as it goes once we get into the process here and and see what the order is but i would think so
2: all right i guess we'll let uh, Bo and beth have you back well, they don't even know we're here, so that's fine. Okay, they're on vacation this week. <laughs> they're they're hanging out with Mac and Bone somewhere, right?
3: They are. They're that's all true. on an island somewhere, having tropical drinks early in the morning. <laughs> we have Scott Hamels in uh, from the newsroom <laughs> filling
2: in down there this week. So, like you're filling uh, in with Grace, and Grace is doing a great job. She's ten, uh, she's terrific, and uh, we continue to expect big things from her. That's what we're doing. So, and she Thanks. expects big things from you. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. <laughs> there you go. I'm just curious, Grace. Uh, think about this, and we'll answer it in a moment. When is it too early to have a tropical drink if you're out on vacation? Think about that.
0: Oh, this is where you're going to get me in trouble on the air?
2: Yeah. Like of we'll all the things welcome, that we could have said. Well, welcome to radio, by the <laughs> way. Hey, so we,
0: we had a saying when I, when I was uh, covering baseball because, you know, a lot of the – the Yeah. It starts at one o five or 7.05. It was yeah. all at 7.05 somewhere. I'm like, it's 5 o'clock somewhere.
2: <laughs> right. We'll talk about it, uh, including my my general thoughts. I didn't know that I was going to have this discussion on social media yesterday, but it was a very... Intense discussion on bowl games and college football, and it might get back to what you were talking about how things are just changing so rapidly, and people have all kinds of opinions on how those changes are taking place. We'll do it next as we get ready for the Dukes Mayo uh, Bowl later on tonight here in Charlotte. It's Charlotte Sports Today, special edition here on Sports Radio Night.